Welcome into another edition of the Tailgate Podcast. Uh, broadcasting from the back room of Taps on Main with myself, Duncan, and as always, our one and only Ty. Hey, hey. We just learned some things about him off camera, off mic. That we can't speak of. We will of. not be divulging on air. It will not Maybe be. on Tapped Out. <laughs> nope, not even there. <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is one of our many editions of... The uh, follow-up to the podcast that never was. What are we on, like 4.0? 5.0. Yeah, I don't know. Technical uh, issues come uh, about in this industry. In I think it's 4.5, the reckoning. Amen. I think so that's where we're at. Iron Man <laughs> had some technical issues for a while, too, all right? It's, it sometimes just takes a minute to get everything sorted out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we went deep on uh, NBA and NHL playoffs last week, and then we didn't – it all got lost. So that's what we're going to do today. Fuck it. Uh, Let's do it again. Let's do it again. NBA. The remix. <laughs> remix. Only one series. In... Sorry. <laughs> uh, only one series in the NBA has gone to the second round, so almost everyone's still in the first round. Some closeout series, closeout games. Miami hopefully sucks. coming up. What's that? Miami sucks. Miami does suck. They are the frauds of these playoffs. They prove that the bubble is just—it's fake basketball. The bubble is not real. But I thought anything is possible. Anything is possible. So we're not doing that again. Not today. Uh, NHL is in the second round, I believe. So yes, it uh, is all in the second round. A lot to cover there as well. St. Louis uh, sucks. St. Louis they does do, suck. They do suck. Actually, yeah, as everybody in Kansas City knows, St. Louis. <laughs> Get out the brooms. Uh, so as far as NBA goes, uh, the West playoffs have been a lot of fun. Uh, three of the four series are tied two-two right now. One, only one. Uh, the Jazz uh, Memphis series, which is the that is the one eight matchup, yeah, mm-hmm. that is the one eight matchup. That's the only one that's three one, um, with Memphis only winning the first game. Uh, but a few series that looked like early on that they were going to be potentially over fairly soon. Uh, the Jazz or it's not the Jazz series, sorry, uh, the Sun series and the uh, Clippers series. Uh, have evened out, and uh, the Clippers have come to play in the last few games, and it's been good to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same with the Suns. Uh, Chris Paul suffered an injury in the first game and hadn't looked himself for three games. And in game four, he kind of looked like himself, and obviously Anthony Davis go, going down in that game helped the Suns a little bit and could potentially help him in game five as he's listed as out. Uh, but uh, that series evening up is, is good. Um, didn't want to see the narratives of the Lakers running through a one or a two seed as that easily, even with their and completely ignore the fact that the best player on the team was injured in the first game. Uh, we talked extensively the last few t- weeks about LeBron playing those narratives, and I I'm just getting sick of it. I'm over it. You're getting sick of it. <laughs> Duncan's all the way My sick of it. My goodness, man. I'm, I, I would, and that's where we talked last week, like with mm-hmm. the whole. Poked in the eye situation, and oh, mm-hmm. he's got little Chris Ball mm-hmm. bullying him around. And I know we talked about the bullying storyline and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it's a basketball game, and he got Chris Ball got the best of him. It yeah. was a freaking eye poke, and yeah. he was down for eighty fucking seconds. It's not about the Wait, size a, of the dog in the fight. The, it's the, about the size uh, of the fight and the dog. I'm Golden just State, about that was in the Golden State it. series, or the Wait. Golden State game. That was that what? happened in the Golden State game. The second one. The the eye poke. 
didn't it? That's when he. That's when he. That's when he hit one with the Suns. No, he hit that one like because he hit the big shot against Curry with his, and then he pointed to his eye. Yeah. Still, LeBron's a bitch. Yeah. Either way. All these days run together. These things. These things run together. So that's. That's my bad right there. I'll definitely admit uh, my error there. But no, it's just, it comes back. That's, that's why I have the hatred for LeBron. He's been 80 seconds down on the court yeah. today. Yeah. I know I'm banging a drum, or, you know, banging a drum that I've already. Beating a dead horse? Before. Yeah. I suppose you could say beating a dead horse. I don't like to talk about dead horses. Though. I don't either. Um, that's it, a weird idiom or thing. What is that? <laughs> is that an idiom that's gone down? Through the, is, that's a weird phrase that's gone down through the ages. It is a very weird, yeah. That's, you're beating a dead horse. Well, what? And I think you're just kind of beating a dead horse on this situation. So, but yeah, no, I mean, it, but is it really beating a dead horse? That <laughs> we're know. talking about making fun of how LeBron is plays narratives, plays and narratives. No, not at all. Loves to oversell injuries and well, I mean, he's not he's not a European soccer player, but he's may, as, may as well be. I mean, he's he is friends with a lot of European soccer players. I mean, Very true. I think he's even invested in a European soccer team. Oh no, that was Kobe. That's Kobe. That was Kobe. Yes. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, not not, not, not leaving it off the table. I mean, he might invest in one later. Yeah, yeah. Co- but Kobe grew up in Italy, so it actually made sense. Right. No. Yeah, I was just misspoke. Um, but yeah, with Anthony Davis being out of that series, Game Five coming out, coming up, uh, that's huge. Like the usually the odd games, especially the later a series goes, are the are the key games. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so Anthony Davis, if I mean he can't play Game Five, they've already listed him as out, so he is for sure not playing there. They drop game five and then say he doesn't isn't able to play game six. Like, not that he was giving DeAndre Aiden any co- sort of problems at all. That yeah. he's super efficient every game. Yeah. He's talk, in this talk about one of the best players in this series, DeAndre Aiden. And the most efficient, I would say, yeah. at least. I mean, you see why Sean Miller tried to get him paid. Yeah. I mean, Chris Paul always elevates the play of the guys around him, especially big men. But, I mean, DeAndre Aiden needed player like Chris Paul and these playoffs have shown just how valuable and DeAndre let's not even can forget, be moving forward. Let's not even forget that he did that without Chris Paul being there for not like not without really. but no, like, I would, uh, I, an he, injured Chris Paul. Yo, I oh I, I, mean, I thought you meant like before he got there. Like yeah. the, no no I'm saying no, like, yeah. what, like no, injured yeah. Chris Paul in the series. Yeah because he got been, he got injured what? early in game fairly yeah. early in game one. And he was really a non factor game two, game three, two right. games that they dropped. And, and Booker's then, been on a roller coaster. Yeah. He's been solid, but he's that's going to happen with shooters, right? And he's like, as much as I like Booker, he hasn't gotten to that point where you can consistently bank on him Go having Nukele. these huge games yeah. all the time. He doesn't have the playoff experience in say, general. This is his moment. Yeah, this, is, this really is his moment to try. Right, and, and that's changed that narrative for yeah. sure. Yeah, for what is him, it, uh, Bridges is that so one of the guys? Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges is coming off the bench. I would, actually, I always bring him up. He might, it might be Mikael. Mikael, I think Mikael. I think Mikael is the one that's with Charlotte. Yeah, I always yeah. mix them up. They were in the same draft class and everything. Yeah. Like, um, one was Michigan State. The other was, what, Virginia? Villanova? Villanova. Nova. Nova, I believe. Yeah. The um, Nova one, I know, but, is on the Suns. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. Um, yeah, so that series overall, like, I'm, I'm rooting for the Suns in that. In gen- I don't usually root for the higher seeds, especially in series I don't care about, but it still feels like, to a fan, they're the underdog. Mm-hmm. In the series because it is LeBron and AD, the defending champs. Don't tell and that to LeBron. Don't, well, 
Yeah, he's already playing that. They're the underdogs. I know. Yeah, I like know. they are. The they always have to play the underdogs. Man, it's it's crazy. How Last much year they the, they were the one seed, and they still tried to play the underdog narrative. It really is remarkable like, how much that like, any team LeBron plays on, how much they have to overcome. To hey, it's unbelievable. Like, it's it is seriously inspiration. And it's like, dude, it's like this wasn't the, this wasn't when you first joined the league the and you were playing in Cleveland with a garbage team around you, and you were elevating it. Like one of the what was it, the two thousand eight playoffs where he was doing like thirty nine or seven oh seven playoffs is winning. Was doing like thirty nine, eight and eight, like in every game, and it was like insane. And it was just yeah. like, and it, like, it's it's not that part of your career. You have a team around you. Yeah. You have a fan base around you. Right. Like you are no longer that LeBron. Every. Like, you don't need to project the narrative of I'm an underdog. Other than like twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, every year of his career after he left Cleveland, he's had one of the top three rosters in the league. Exactly. Like. And I'm and I know I called him a bitch and that was a little bit uh, over the top, but I don't think so. Like I, because I do have a great deal of respect for him, and I, I think do. he is going to go down as one of the two or three greatest players of all time. We're not going to get into that debate, but uh, we could. But it is remarkable of just like for all so many good things he does. It just it blows my mind how much he really does just pay so much attention to how people perceive everything, and he cares so much about it. And, and it turns off the fans that are on the fence I, on those, it on does. On it those does. debates. And, I'm sorry. I have, I have a hard time when, considering the fact that we talk so much about mental health. And it yeah. clearly, it's something mental with him. And it's something that, yeah. I, I don't know if it's something from, from when he was growing up or if there's just, like, he cares too much about it and I, about what other people think. I think there's a lot of that among all superstars in the league I think right you're now. right. I think you're right. I think it is definitely something where, Maybe it's a little bit of a pretentiousness about mm-hmm. these guys. Mm-hmm. They are so self-absorbed that that's so much about their of, of cultivating their legacy well, and making sure that it's perfectly preened and perfectly right. taken care of. I agree with that, but it's also growing up in the social media age. This is right. a very good point. Jordan came into the league in the '80s, and by well, the time Twitter he left, wasn't even around when yeah, LeBron the, started his career either. So. Right, but well, it is more prominent than ever, and it did start right. before. In his prime, yeah. Uh, social media has played a huge effect on, and the uh, hot take shows mm. have played ha- clearly had a huge effect on on these superstar players, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kyrie. Mm. I mean, you you see these guys get so roasted. Not no, I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying like they they get so absorbed with what is being said about them, gotcha, and how people react yeah, to every yeah, little thing they do. Burner accounts just to defend yeah, exactly. Them. Well, even. I mean, we've we've seen athlete after athlete get caught with these burner accounts. It's not just him; he's just the one that got caught with it. Yeah. Uh, and it sucks. It because I I do think that it turns people off from the league. That is really fun right now. Right. Like I wouldn't say I shouldn't say like right now. This is honestly this year of like non bubble basketball, like post bubble basketball. This has been honestly one of the least entertaining. Leagues because it's either it's most games are huge blowouts. blowouts. Yeah, that's, even that's, like competitive series, game to game or blowouts. Yeah, one of the, like one I of the, tweeted I tweeted the other night when uh, from here on taps on Main. I think it was mm-hmm. Saturday night, and it was I tweeted I was like it's such an entertaining time you've got you know yeah. Montreal just forced a game seven with Toronto mm-hmm. in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and then I was like, and we've got this crazy comeback by Memphis yeah. here. It's a tie ball game, looking great down the stretch. Immediately after I send that tweet, Jazz going a ten zero run. Yeah. Like, oh, of course. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, I like so going back to like the social media thing. Like 
to take it outside of the realm of sports for a second, I mean, obviously new new parent here, you know, uh, Don and I have even talked about it. Like we're we've taken we've taken obviously every parent takes a bunch of kid pictures of their first kid and stuff like that. But it's now exploded into this different thing that like every single time like any grandparent or any sort of person comes over, there's like this like massive like picture thing, and then it's like and one of the things that we've asked is like, hey, can you just like can you just just ask for our permission before you post it online? And it's like because we don't know the fallout of this. Like yeah. this kid's whole life is going to be online before he even mm-hmm. realizes an age of accountability and for what sure. he's actually doing. Yeah. You know, and like there's like and now there's like now so the, obviously the athletes are dealing with things along those lines mm-hmm. as they get older and all that. But when it, I I don't know, it's just I guess I don't know where I'm going with that point. But there was just like that that big social, thing with yeah. it. It's the like social media, media is, yeah. is just yeah. drives Everything. the machine. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. You think about just the last year that some of these, especially NBA and NHL athletes have, where uh, they spent three months in hotel and like, yes, resorts, but in hotels with their teammates and opponents. Yeah. And then they get a few months off and then they have to start again. Mm -hmm. And now they're on the road away from their families after, like, in before getting to the bubble last year, they're locked at home in lockdown. So it's been a tough year for athletes mentally in general. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like driving media narratives, getting back to all the way back to LeBron, driving media narratives that don't need to be there is just something that will always turn off fans. And it sucks because I do think that there's an influx of talent and guys performing so well at the back end of their careers that it's a really unique league right now um, mm-hmm. that – some fans are overlooking because I, I hear a lot, especially in this city, I don't really watch the NBA because uh, the athletes are all whiners. And I'm like, they're not all whiners. You're just, like, you're just focused on a few guys who the media plays so much attention to yeah. that just create narratives and right. people aren't stupid. They see it. And this isn't, this isn't anything to do with you know, where a lot of the things that a lot of the passions that these athletes have mm-hmm. off, away from the court yeah. are phenomenal. We talk yeah. about how, right. like, we love the fact that some of these guys are outspoken because yeah. they speak on issues that need to be spoken of Absolutely. and they need to have shed li- light shed on them. Right. <clears throat> and All last LeBron year we were talking about Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. LeBron is at the forefront of that. This is definitely not a shut up and dribble kind of thing that we want no. here. We just want, like, we just we see these like again it's unnecessary narratives going out there when it's like there's so much more mm-hmm. important things for you to be sell for these yeah. guys that they should be pushing and celebrating in yeah. the game because again it is a very fun era of basketball it right is. now and I guess, I guess the reason why we're kind of talking about it is majority the fact that this is all focused around the court and on the court and that's kind of where it's like this is this is their wheelhouse they've taken this stage to elevate themselves in you know that media presence to where they can, you know, have advocacy about different things. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I love LeBron. LeBron's talent, like, I recognize it tenfold. I mean, he is phenomenal player. He is a phenomenal basketball player. He is a generational talent, and he is what he is, and you have to take that. But there is that thing where it's like that, like the argument and the driving the narrative of, of, of like, the negativity. It's like we drove the narrative outside of basketball for such a positive realm. So now let's try to do that same thing with the yes. thing of on the court with the, yeah. with basketball. It's just. Yeah. And to get a, to keep to the same point, but like something that has kind of overshadowed some of the fun playoff series that we mm-hmm. do have, especially is the fans. 
This is, I was going to say that this There's needed to be the next instances, thing we talk about. Yeah. Five instances now of either fans throwing, spitting, mm. or yelling, under the court. Saying, saying things to the uh, players' families, rushing the court. In the last week, every single one of these things have happened in the last week. And it's really funny because it's not really funny, obviously. But the there's an irony to this that you guys listening aren't privy to, and that's last week. We literally talked about Utah uh, and the Utah Jazz fans yeah. as yeah. that there's definitely a lot of racism involved with that crowd and yeah. issues that Russell Westbrook has had. Mm-hmm. And then as if to just be like, oh, here's a gift – you know, yeah. so that we're going to go ahead and prove, like, to prove the point that you made and how jazz fans treated John Moran's parents. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's one of the other issues. But I think that, like, they're all horrible issues, but that one just, my God. Yeah. Some of the things that that's, that, I mean, that's worse. I mean, other than probably the spitting on Trey yes. Young. Yeah. That is. Worse than popcorn, worse than the water. Oh, uh, yeah. The worse, fact that we yeah. have like, to debate which one of these is worse right. is it's, insane. I mean, like, it's, in my opinion, it's really no They're debate. All Those, like, it's, it is all terrible. And it sucks because we just finally got back to a week where fans are fully back at games in the NBA. We've been talking about how. Uh, fans are coming back lack of Lack of fans being there has, a, has affected the league this year. Mm-hmm. Like, Teams, like, it, it affects the energy of teams. It absolutely is 100% proven. Without no, a doubt. I mean, even, even Scott like Brooks. bubble ball. There was right, no yeah. fans last year at the, in the playoffs. Even Scott and, Brooks li- released a statement today that was just, like, uh, Washington yeah. Wizards coach released a statement. It was like, just stay home. If you're going to do this, just stay home. So, like, yeah. they, they clamored so much for fans to be there. Then after all this stuff, it's like, if you're that type of fan, yep. stay home. And he has a point. Yeah, stay home. Like, if you're going to be – yeah, and I've seen people, certain people, like, push, like, maybe we need to go back to bubble bass. I'm like, I, no, we don't. No, we, no, I, not at all. I'd prefer to have the fans there. But, and maybe it's just the mentality of fans right now, too. They haven't been in game, at games for a year and a half. I don't know. But it's, they got way too comfortable. And I, I if you look at my social media accounts, since this has all started, I'm like, man, we need another mouse at the palace. <laughs> like you talk like, on our test. We need someone to go up there and pop a guy in the face for throwing a cup of beer at him. Like, yeah. We, but unfortunately, like, I'm not. I shouldn't say unfortunately. Uh, we have a bunch of players that won't do that. Like, there, I, I honestly couldn't tell you a player in the league right now that I would think maybe Boogie Cousins and a couple other guys that would go into the stands and defend themselves. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I, these fans are getting banned and whatever. Like, what is what, what is, is that it proving? Do? Like, what? Who cares? Like, these fans need to be put in their place in a in a much larger scale. And it, it's you, you can sense it's like an entitlement. I think that's yeah. one thing that you know we again when it goes with the narratives, we don't like the narrative that Kyrie Irving is spinning mm-hmm. out of it. Uh, the incident that he was a part of in uh, Boston, but. The one thing that he said that is correct is it is a sense of entitlement that these fans seem to feel, and it's almost just like, wow, we spent so much time away, you know, now that we're back, like, you didn't let us be, you didn't let us be here because of some, you know, this pandemic and blah, 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 and now, now that we're back, you know, we get to do whatever the hell we want to, and it's like, yeah, absolutely not. not. Yeah. You don't get to throw no. bottles. You don't get to spit at people. You don't get to sit there and tell <clears throat> the father of one of the star players in the opposing team, who is a black man... That he needs to dance, like yeah. it's yeah. 
and and call Disgusting. call his mother a bitch. Like yeah. it's just absolutely abhorrent behavior. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's the fact that we've had five instances in one week. one week uh, in four different series is crazy. Like, man, yeah. I, I mean, not like, and some of it, like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, never feel highly of Knicks fans, but yeah. New York fans in general. Yeah. But still, the spin on a dude, like, man. And yeah. and don't get me wrong. I mean. Passion's not lost on me. I mean, we're all diehard fans of our different sports teams, right? And I mean, that's the thing is like, I, I, like you look Never back in at my life. Yeah, exactly. I thought of like, oh, I'm gonna throw a, a bottle or throw exactly throw anything at a fan. Booing is one thing. Right. And he gets into the yelling things that probably shouldn't be said in front of kids. And that's, Duncan. I mean, that's something that <laughs> no. Russell Westbrook. No. I know, I know. You don't. Russell Westbrook brought it up, and after the incident mm-hmm. happened with him, he's like, you know, like I've had instances where fans have yelled things at me that I just look at them and go, they're standing standing next to their kid, and they're like, you, that's that's yeah. the fandom that you're introducing them to. Yeah. There's a big that's difference. What you're showing your kid. At that Man, age? Like, there's, there's a big difference what, between what's heckling wrong with you and like an inappropriate I'm behavior. A, I'm not really even a fan of like heckling because it will always devolve into that. I'm gotcha. sorry. Like these fans are pumped full of alcohol. Like I'm like boo if you need to boo, but you don't need to yell. Oh, this player's a a B. This player's an F. That like. It's a game. Well, and I'll, like, I'll, I'll be full well honest. Like, Ponch and I, we definitely heckle, but it's not, like, being, it's not disrespectful. It's not rude. Sure. It's usually, like, clever in some <laughs> ways. I mean, we were, sure. for example, he and I were at the Royals game last night, and the only booing I did was for the umpires. Sure. And, again, that's deserved. very vocal about Absolutely the umpires. Deserved. And they did another couple of bullshit things last night, and we let them have it at, at the K. Um, but <laughs> we did heckle. Um, the the Pirates' first baseman, and that's because it was a hilarious thing that he did against the Cubs over the weekend when he literally only needed to step three feet back and tag first base, and instead oh, he yeah. chased down Javier Baez of the Cubs yeah. all the way back home while a guy comes sliding into home from third base. When the all-time like, knucklehead move. Yeah, and so yeah. we gave him crap for that. Like, we yeah, were like... Sure. We were Deserve just like, like he, he was safe on sure. some play, and we're just like, oh, so you can get the steps right on that one. Like, we, it's something yeah, that it's, is based on uh, it, recent. It's but the fans that take it a step too far and, and say that's stuff where about people's families. I have say, also, yes, and yeah. I've also been to a Chiefs game where I literally saw a fry come flying over from behind me at a player, at an opposing player. And I turned around, and that's, I was like, hey, we don't do, I was like, I don't know who did that, but we don't do that. Like, that is unacceptable behavior. You want to boo him? You want to say talk yeah. trash? Do that all you Absolutely. want to. It was like, do not throw stuff. And there was a little kid right behind me, and I, I, I was like, we do not throw shit on the field. And I saw the little kid, and I was like, I'm sorry for cursing, but you remember that. We treat them with respect. And yeah. the kid's like, okay. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but other, and, you know, yes, people, people donkey. were like, yes, thank you. And I'm pretty sure we saw which guy did it, because all of a sudden there's like one guy yeah. just kind of cowering. It's yeah. like, you just, that is, there, there's a, it's an invisible barrier, but it's a barrier that's there yeah. nonetheless, mm-hmm. because... Yes, these are these are guys playing a game, but it is still it's a form of entertainment, and we can't. We, that's just a line you don't cross. Right. At the end of the day, it's still a person. Right. It's still a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. obviously one of the messages that we keep on trying to like reoccur here is like just be good to each other. You know, and stuff be like that. Be like, better. Yeah. Absolutely. And 
to get to the player aspect of this, we mentioned the Kyrie thing. Uh, mm-hmm. He did create a narrative before that game. Yep. He and for what it's, I, I came out and I defended his statement because uh, when it when it happened, because there has been instances in Boston of, of racism. We've heard about it from particularly uh, the particularly Red Sox. baseball. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Danny Ainge, who I normally come to his defense, because I do think he's one of the best GMs in the in the NBA tried to come out and say, ah, in 26 years of being with this organization, I've never, ever heard a player uh, talk about racism oh, Danny, uh, Danny, Danny, Danny. coming their way. And boy. there are players for that, even Kyrie, when he played for Boston, he's like, being here, playing for the team, no, I haven't had racism come my way as a player here. But as an opposing player, and actually Tristan Thompson backed him up on that this week. And he said, being here, yeah, I haven't heard anything. But when I played for the Cavs, there was a lot of it. Mm-hmm. You could hear it from the stands. And it's not they everybody. Love, yeah. There are, like, but you do hear it. They love their own. And but... For, but for Danny Ainge to come out and say, like, no, I've never heard anything about it. Like, th- come on, man. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's just very stupid. ignorant. Very ignorant. What... And yeah, you're, it's not like with with the instances in baseball. It's not like it's the Red Sox players that are hearing this. Right. It's the the Tory Hunters and the Adam Joneses of sure. the world who have gone out and played center field in Fenway have talked about yeah. just the thing, just some of the remarks that they've heard from mm-hmm. Boston fans over the years. And yeah. that's where yeah, it's not their own. They're gonna love the guys who are trying to win them titles. Right. Yeah. And they're gonna show them all, shower them with adulation sure. and love. But the the thing that bothered me a little bit about the Kyrie situation though is. He was going to get booed out of the arena yes. every time he touched the ball, no matter what. And he right. knew that. He knew he was going to get a negative reaction because of all the discourse that happened at the end of his time in Boston. But creating the narrative that, oh, they're going to give me a bad reaction because of racism is doing a disservice to what is actually happening. Like, mm-hmm. And Jalen Brown, who is one of the most outspoken intelligent minds in the league didn't name names but he said he came out in his own interview afterwards and said you know I don't really respect people that use the issue of race right now as a crutch for a reaction that they were going to get regardless mm-hmm. it's like he's create creating a narrative of that before you ever set foot on that and ever even hear it is wrong and I re- there's no player in the league that I respect more on these issues than Jalen Brown. He's been at the forefront through all the protests mm-hmm. and has been one of the most outspoken players about the Black Lives Matter movement and everything. For him to come out, and I know that he and Kyrie have a, a history of not being on the same page, especially when it comes to issues outside of basketball, but for him to come out spoke volumes to me. He, he saw right through the narrative aspect of that and was like, you know what, this is – this is bigger than that. Like, you don't need to bring that up as a reason why you're going to get booed when you come to Boston. You're getting booed regardless. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it seem like, oh, well, Boston fans are booing him. He's right. They're racist. And, that, and then the incident with the bottle happening, now that, like, gives the Boston fans that want it to be an excuse. No, well, he's, he said that, and then he stomped on the logo. That's why he got the bottle thrown at him. Like, no, like, these are separate instances that don't have to be connected. I'm sorry. Like... It that just fan's an idiot. That, I was going to say, that fan 
that fan did a disservice to everybody yeah. involved here because he basically that's where Kyrie can be like, aha, exhibit A. Exactly. When it had nothing to do with what Kyrie right. was with, with you know, that in the first place. I mean, that's exactly. It's, it's a jilted. Yeah. It's a jilted uh, Boston fan. Yep. And yes, took it way over the top, but that's a very understandable anger. Yeah. Absolutely. And if Ky- um, and if Kyrie does legitimately think that it was racism and that he doesn't understand what he did to Boston and the mm-hmm. Celtics fans, then well, that's yeah. just a whole other. <laughs> I mean, just a whole other thing. As a fan, I'm kind of moved on from it. I've just realized like Kyrie's just kind of a weird dude. He lives he, his life a lot different than a lot of. One would say he's not a well-rounded uh, individual. Jesus Christ! He's Please. very flatlined. I think that joke fell flat. Yeah. <laughs> Earth. But, <laughs> flat earther, folks. He's yeah, a flat earther. Flat and earther we don't everybody, understand. everybody knows. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so yeah, that's the discourse that happened in the NBA this week. I'm sure it'll be covered extensively. Um, I just hope that we're done with these fan instances. Like Agreed. Uh, and I, you brought up before the show, kudos to Boston for putting the fans' face out there. Yep. Because honestly, with the other instances, you didn't really see the fan that it did it. You just saw the, the guy running the court. Saw the <laughs> that was different. Well, yeah. yeah in, these, in these instances, they come out and they're like, "Well, the fan is banned," and blah blah blah. And it's like, how? How? Like, and this is and this is something where I uh, it was a radio host that I heard, and I'll give them credit. Uh, like, it was actually a really good point. Is like, how? How are the attendant? Like, how is that actually enforced that somebody is banned? Exactly. And whereas what? Yeah. What this move that Boston took was brilliant. That person should be shamed. Absolutely, without a doubt. That's they should other Boston fans should be embarrassed by that person. No, hopefully they don't, you know, it's it doesn't result in things escalating further and where you know people make death threats or things like that. Because unfortunately, that is a very real part of fandom as well. Is yeah, these fans taking it over the top and you you hear all these stories about players and coaches being threatened. But you don't hope it's not something like that, but it was still a smart move. Yeah. Because it there needs to be legitimate consequences when you cross that line. Yeah. He's a drunk 23-year-old that will never, probably ever be able to see his team live ever again. Yeah. So <laughs> You also made the point, though, is hopefully the, uh, whoever, whoever's checking people in that come into the <laughs> TD Garden know who uh, Peyton Pritchard is. Man, that's <laughs> like a dead <laughs> There was an odd resemblance <laughs> He's like a ringer for I me, actually, man. sorry, I, David, I for bringing for it team. up. Uh, and I actually haven't been able to tell him yet that, like, no, that isn't actually Peyton Pritchard in the picture. But the picture that I posted on social media that shows the fan getting taken out, I jokingly posted, breaking news, Boston, <laughs> Boston Celtics point guard Peyton Pritchard becomes the first player in NBA history to be banned from his own home <laughs> arena. And my, I think I got my roommate with that because <laughs> uh, he commented on it. He's like, man, that sucks. He's been a really solid player for them this year. I'm like, oh, no. Uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, David, no. No. No, David. Don't, don't believe him, David. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, gotcha. the dead ringer for that, and that's that was kind of a funny thing that came out of that, is people being like, oh, Peyton Pritchard, the guy that stole Kyrie's number, throws a bottle at him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, but it, all this talk has taken away from, in that series alone, the performance and emergence, the star of Jason Tatum. Yep. Ah, Jason 50 Tatum. points, 40 points. Back-to-back games. He was without Kemba and Robert Williams in the last game. Kept it close for a little while. And, even, and honestly, he left the game with an injury. It looks like he'll be, still be able to play tonight. But 
the emergence of that guy. Like, it kind of r- reminds me of some of the great playoff performances of, like, Kevin Durant when he was in his young mm-hmm. Thunder days. He played the <clears throat> Lakers. I remember him getting swept, but he played incredibly against a Lakers team that was on their way to winning a championship. And then uh, the aforementioned that I said uh, LeBron when they were swept by, or not swept, but they were beat by the yeah. the Utah yeah. Jazz. No, no, not Jazz. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> no. they were beat by. I can't remember uh, who they were beat by. Oh, in the finals, his first finals, they yeah. were beat by the Spurs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. got smoked but by the Spurs. But he beat the he beat a Pistons team that just won a championship. Yeah, that in the was, Eastern yeah. Conference Finals, mm-hmm. and he had that game where he scored twenty five in a row, and he was only twenty two or twenty three mm-hmm. years old. And honestly. Not to like pump it up. I know you're a huge Jordan guy, but like Jordan against the '86 Celtics. Mm-hmm. Think about one of the all-time great teams. Jordan scored 60 points in a playoff game where, yeah, he they got swept out of the series. He's just coming back from a broken foot too. Yeah, uh, but scoring against one of the greatest teams ever. Yeah, he didn't win the game, but like those were instances where you knew like. All right, this guy's legit. What Larry he's Bird? Coming. Larry Bird came out and said, "What is, what is the, the great quote from him? Where he's just like, it wasn't Michael, it was like Jesus or something." Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. I mean, Larry has always been like he he said in the like '92 Olympics when him and Magic were sitting in the room and uh, Jordan comes in, he's like, "There's a new sheriff in town." They just like looked at him and like, "Yeah, this is his league. It's yeah. gonna be his league. He's on but, another level." But speaking of Larry, Larry had the record for most 50 point games in Celtics history with four. And now Jason Tatum has done that, equaled that in, tw- 20, in the span of 22, 22 games. games mm-hmm. 40 days. That is absurd. Yeah. Uh, the amount of excitement for me as a Celtics fan watching this guy play, like I, in one of my posts, there some of my friends who are Celtics fans as well commented, they're like, man, like what like incredible performances. I'm like, you don't realize, like I'm now seeing a guy who has been like 19 years old. He's the best Celtic that, at that mm-hmm. age. 20s, but like he's next year, he'll be the same age that Larry Bird was as a rookie. And Larry Bird was only scoring like 21 a game as a rookie. Like he's going, to, like he's on track right now. The career arc that he could have is legitimately the best, yeah. most talented Celtic player ever. I mean, and yeah. like uh, we, we also, we also, that is such a heavy statement. I think we talked about like, it. Uh, you think about how many legendary Celtic players yeah. there are. I think we talked about it last week because obviously we were a draft centric show, but when it comes down to like mm-hmm. the draft, like. I remember very fondly that summer that we were that oh, Aaron I and a, I were talking. Yeah, Markel Fultz, and we and like and they were. Aaron sent me a picture at one point in time of like him. Or, remember him ordering his knees were like bent all the way backwards. He's like yeah. ordering like fast food or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But there's all this stuff about it, and then they like, they trade back, and Aaron at first was like, "I really wanted Fultz." He's like, "But there's a reason they did this." And when they got Tatum, he kept on like diving in deeper, well, as the fans do. And, it made and then it made more sense. Like they traded for Kyrie that summer, and then there was the there was injuries. Right. Before that, to Isaiah Thomas, that forced that trade. I was like, well, it kind of made – it's like at that point, we found out about the hip injury. We're like, all right, well, they're probably going to go Fultz because who knows what's going to happen with that. Yeah. And then they trade down. I'm like, oh, well, Fultz is out, ball's out. Um, clearly, they're going wing again. But, yeah, I would never imagined even as great of performances as this guy, kid had early in his career, um, especially going deep in the playoffs his first two years – uh, two out of I should say two out of the first three years in the league, and now like hit, hitting these all-time great scoring performances, it's kind of clicking to me now. Like I'm legitimately seeing the beginning of the prime of one of the greatest Celtics ever, and that's a, yes, it is a major statement to make, 
but it's, it's 100% true. This kid is going to be an MVP candidate very soon. He's going to be a scoring champion very soon. It's like Kevin Durant's game, but elite defense early in his career, which is something you didn't get out of Kevin Durant until middle of his career. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, a, and so, It's weird to say that as a Celtics fan because there's been a lot of great Celtics, but this is legitimately like I've never been more excited about a player's future than Jason Tatum right now. It's just unfortunate to think about how exciting, how, how entertaining this series could be. Mm-hmm. But obviously Brown. without Jalen Brown. Like, and you've got, Kemba. You've I, got conflicting, like really strong. I know we've been talking down on, on narratives in this mm-hmm. show, but. I mean, you've got some really strong narratives in this Boston-Brooklyn series, and that's definitely one of them, is the emergence. It's not even an emergence. I'd say an ascendance of Jason Tatum into the game's true elite. Uh, But unfortunately, there is that that cloud, the shadow casted over it by the uh, The the lack of Jalen Brown. The forever injury cloud that just never seems to leave Boston right now is maddening. But on the flip side of that, there, it must be spoken in regards to that series is seeing the true flexing of the powers of that big three. Yeah. And what was it? The, they had 100-something points between the three of them? Yeah, the last game, uh, Durant had 42, Kyrie 39. I can't remember what Harden had, but, I mean, that right there, that's 81. I think, they, I mean, I think Harden had 24, we've so talked, 105 between three We've players. talked at length, and it's been <clears throat> talked about on – ESPN, Sporting News, Sports Illustrated, wherever the hell you've watched any sport, any basketball content, mm-hmm. it has been talked about about how insane these these three could be yeah. if they're all three healthy and if they're all playing at the peak of their abilities. They were seeing that, and I, we just saw it. And I, holy shit, it is. Scary. I don't think it clicked with a lot of fans because of them holding out these players at different points. So, you, like, even once they traded for Harden, you didn't really get to see a whole lot of those three together. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it clicked with people how good this team can be. And some people are playing down to him because of the, the loss to Boston in, in game three. And then I mean, Boston, Boston the being in it still. without their second best player in a couple games. But this Boston team's a lot better than people think. Like, yeah. is more talented than people know. Like, and they do have a legit star. Like, this is a good warm up series for this Brooklyn team who I think will beat the Bucks when they move on. And if the Sixers are healthy, they'll give them a run. But I don't think they'll be healthy. I don't know. We'll talk about that. about Embiid in a little bit. But, like, yeah. they do have an ideal route to make it to mm-hmm. the finals. In fact, I'm like, just going to do an update real quick. This was something, and it's I have talked with Lance about it on from the Spoken. Uh, and we actually, like, I've they're all big Laker guys. And they yeah. are very much so – on uh, the, Le- the LeBron train. LeBron guys. And, like well, guys. yeah. But, um, and they've pretty much talked about it. It's like, here we go. Here's, here comes the, the GOAT. And here comes the King. And now that he's back, here's your NBA champions and blah, blah, blah. And but that's one of those things that I, I like, LeBron I was like, the Nets. I was like, if the Nets are going to do it. And th- this was even with AD. Yeah. Right. I was like, if, if we're talking, if there's no injuries and both teams are at full capacity, I'm like, the Nets are beating the Lakers. I don't care at what level LeBron and Anthony Davis would be playing at, if you get that big three playing at the level they're, they're capable of, I mean, my God. My and now, God. And now, we've, now that we've seen it, I'm sorry. No, 
I don't care how good Anthony Davis and LeBron might be playing. There's no way they can keep up no with I mean, that three playing at that level. And not to get off track and talk about AD for a second, but I'm sorry. Like, even when he has been healthy playing in these playoffs, he's played very soft. He's been getting DeAndre, outclassed by DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, a second-year player – or third-year Third player. player. Third-year player who had zero playoff experience is getting – is outplaying a guy who There's also been media members have been pumping up as the best big in the league when healthy, which has been bull. Honestly, when it comes watch to this league. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, definitely. There's Because like, even like those best bigs that you talk about, like you have that Jokic. offensive and defensive yeah. category. And, I, and Jokic is outstanding. And he just doesn't yeah. look sexy to anybody. You know, but like in the I same think, fact, like... I think he's sexy. You're starting, yeah. to, you're starting <laughs> to see in this series that there was oh, a man. reason... Yeah that the Suns went with Aiton, number one overall, instead of Luka. And obviously, in hindsight, no, yeah, it should still, have been Luka. <laughs> still but, but DeAndre Aiton's starting to close that gap yeah. a little bit, at least. And you're starting to, like, if this is a star emergence on his part, and Phoenix is going to be a force to... Yeah, force to the, as, as he takes steps forward, that team's just going to get better and better. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah, they'll lose Chris Paul eventually. Like, he's at the end of his career. But if they're able to keep him around for a few years... Uh, to help mentor the veteran leadership there, Jeez. just his basketball IQ, man. Like yeah. you think about just the the mentorship that he can bring to those guys from just a basketball IQ standpoint. Like his teams always outperform expectations. Ball, man. He's the point god, man. He is, yeah. <clears throat> I, He's something else. Yeah, doesn't make a whole lot of friends, but man, he is a great player. And I, I like I said, I hope they move on. I hope that they can beat the Lakers, just because going to root for the quote-unquote underdog. Yeah. yeah. Create my own narrative. Yeah, the Suns are the underdogs. They're playing the champions. They, uh, there's no narrative. That's, yeah. that's the truth. Yeah. I don't care if they're a two-seed. They're the underdogs. Yeah. Playing LeBron, even and, without it. And, like, I, I, like, so, like, I hated watching some of those games because, obviously, there was a lot of, like, and, and I, I definitely attack it from a very fantasy-driven aspect sure. uh, still. Like, because daily fantasy, honestly, you would – Collect money by doing pairing one of the big three in Brooklyn with Jason Tatum, and you'll you'll at least win a hundred bucks a week. I guarantee that. Um, but because uh, like that's what I've been doing in these like daily like snake draft challenges. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes down to like watching like the Lakers game, uh, it felt like Anthony Davis kept on looking off for somebody else to help him, and he like kept on looking for like Drummond to come in or all that stuff. And Drummond like he's not a great defensive player; he's a good rebounder, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's what his job is. But in the same fact, like you could tell that he was so overwhelmed with this player. And Drummond couldn't do shit against yeah. Aiden. And Drum- yeah, yeah, Drummond couldn't either. From the field. Yeah. At that point, nobody's playing well against you. Yeah. Nobody played DeAndre Ayton well. He's been scoring like scoring efficiently in every single yeah. game. He basically did the move that I've seen a lot of like young football players make when they're like the corner or they're a linebacker that's like in coverage and all that stuff. And they just get burned, and they immediately like look back to find a safety, being like, "Is there somebody else yeah, man, back please. there? <laughs> like, yeah. who's there to help?" Rest me? in peace, John yeah. <laughs> And like I said, he's not there in Game Five, so it's going to be on Deon, or yeah. on Andre Drummond to try to contain a player who's quickly emerging as a star before our eyes. But getting to the, some of the other series, uh, the Seventy Sixers who looked like they were about to roll through and sweep. Uh oh, uh oh, it's right. <laughs> what? Any fan who has watched Joel Embiid from KU through has been worried about might be coming to a head, and Ty actually just showed me a report. We had been talking before the show. So he, uh, Embiid went down with an injury last night, and they said they were 
holding him out the rest of the way with soreness in his knee. Uh, they had an MRI today, and uh, it's never a good sign when there's no report out, and there's still no report, and it said that he will be evaluated further tomorrow. Oh, uh, and, he's, so, and he's out for game five. He is officially that, out for I, game they, five. Okay. In that same report, they said so, he is out for game five, which basically means that they got an opinion they didn't like. From, so from, they, my, they go from having one of the two most dominant big men in the league to now their best player is a guy who brings you nothing outside. Sorry, he's just doubtful. Who is doubtful for game five. So still, that's not – not good. Um, and Ben Simmons all of a sudden becomes your best player. And, yeah, he can pass it around the arc a little bit to their shooters. But he's not bringing anything dynamic at all on the offensive end other than his pass. He's certainly not bringing anything dynamic to that free throw line. That is for that's sure. He, that's Five of true. 20. <laughs> How? Literally, How they got like, back in the game. And they like won Shaq the game. Numbers. Exactly. They like won Shaq the game numbers. because Shaq Scott numbers. Brooks said, I mean, go Shaq out and one, hack him. Won for like 15 game once. And so it's basically the same thing. Like missing Just chuck the ball throws. at the fucking rim and you probably have better luck. <laughs> Shoot granny style. I don't care. Yeah, over the head, man. I don't care. Uh, yeah. Remember but, when you were a little kid in the driveway and you were trying to hit that 10-foot rim so you had to like give it all you got by like squatting and be like, yeah, like right over your head? Just do that, man. Yeah, injuries to these star big men is kind of becoming, or just injuries in general is becoming kind of the story of these playoffs. And, it, I mean, it always does. Health, health is one of the biggest things that matters among truly talented teams yeah. going into the playoffs. But, like, this was a year where I said, like, you, and you guys know this, I said, like, this is going to be a year where someone wins a title who you're like, wow, they finally won one or they, like, finally, finally got over the hump and we might not ever see them win one again. Because... Yeah. It's go. It's still in that COVID year of basketball. Hey, like, you remember me, not, my asterisks? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna like. There's no asterisks, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, the Lakers won it last year. They weren't playing the best before the bubble, and they ended up winning it. But like, there was very little off season. A lot of teams dealt with a lot of teams that were very good last year dealt with significant injuries, and the mental aspect. Like I said, there, there, you have to worry about the mental health of the league in general. Like, it's been a tough year for everyone in the world, mm-hmm. let alone the, like, sure enough, like, these athletes that got, had to stay at home for four months after, like, while they were in the middle of a season, then had to get locked in hotel rooms for three months away from their families, and now they get, they get uh, six weeks off and then had to start a season again, and some of them dealing with injuries, like... It's going to be a weird year, in my opinion, for yeah. whoever wins this title. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a Lakers or it could be Brooklyn, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if all of a sudden Milwaukee got hot and just they went. Sorry. I know you said don't touch my. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Milwaukee just gets hot and finally wins one. Man, I mean, like I mean, after three years of being yeah. like that, the that team, team that, maybe. Yeah. I mean, also in the same fact, like, I mean, who's to rule out some of those like super underdogs like Portland or something like that? You know, like the Jazz, <laughs> the jazz Portland, like just coming. I mean, the Jazz we talked I mean, about. I mean, I'm glad the episode didn't air because we talked so much about how Memphis could completely upset this Jazz team. And then yeah, Jazz, yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. Then the Jazz won three in a row. And we're like, good thing that was an episode that never was. But. Oh, I mean, we were mainly making the point that like Memphis was on a hot streak. They had won three games in a row, they'd, mm-hmm. they'd won both of their play in games and right. game one of a series against the one seed. Right. So, but obviously the Jazz Donovan far Mitchell deeper. Matters. Donovan Mitchell does matter, but they're also just deep, and yeah. they showed up to play. That's like the one, that's the one not good series in the West, and it, it looked like a 
oh, well, maybe they're going to get a series from this young upstart Memphis team. Um, but the Clippers series has surprisingly been one that has been really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luca really doesn't like that team. Mm-mm. He really doesn't at all, and it's really fun to watch. It's like, yeah, he can get whatever he wants against most of those guys. Like, the, and with the way the NBA switches, he's like, all right, you're going to switch uh, Patrick Beverly on me? Good luck. He ain't big enough. <laughs> uh, you're going to switch playoff Paul George on me? Good luck. Yeah. He, he can't do shit. And unless Kawhi is defending him straight up, like, I don't trust that anyone's stopping that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we saw that actually in the end of the last game. It was, I mean, there was a lot of that last game. I mean, obviously also. Clippers end up winning, but yeah. Yeah, but I, uh, what, did he have a neck injury? Is that what Luca had? Like a neck injury or something like that? I think he had like something. a neck strain or something. Yeah. But like he was playing through injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they switched Treacham down and they had to put Kawhi on him a lot because that's just. They should just like, yeah. you know, we're not switching. Yeah. Kawhi, you're on Luca the whole like if you guys are in at the same time, you're yeah. you're on. Force it. them to beat them with someone else. Want to win yeah. a title? I mean, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> the Clipper. I, I mean, going from Doc Rivers to Ty Lue. I mean, I, I, I like their I personnel like Lue, changes. Man, like I like their roster better this year than last year. But <laughs> going, I mean, not that I'm, and I'm very critical of, of Doc Rivers. I think that the players for Boston elevated him more than he elevated them. Okay. Uh, okay. That's okay. what you believe. Okay. <laughs> All right. And the same thing with like the Sixers. I mean, like you're, you're inheriting the best roster you've had since Boston, and now people are surprised that you're one seed again. Yeah. Um, but the drop off in even him from Ty, to Ty Lu, in my opinion, is drastic. And and I actually do. I like Doc Rivers quite a bit. I do think yeah. he's one of the best coaches in the game. Um, but. Yeah, I just Ty Ty Lu, like you want to talk about a, a guy who won a title. He's a good player because too. of how the great players around him. Yeah. Ty Lu had the golden opportunity in Cleveland. Yeah, with that roster, inherited and, one of the most efficient offenses ever. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I mean that's LeBron at his peak powers, and mm-hmm. you know Kyrie Irving playing great, Kevin Love being the third wheel, and that's a hell of a third wheel. Yeah, uh, but. Like Ty, I mean, and I like Ty Lue, man. He's a great story. He's a local guy, mm-hmm. but he's just not that great of a coach. No, no. I mean, um, wasn't there? A, there was there was some sort of social media thing that I saw this week while browsing, but it was super late night. I can't remember. It was like when I was closing, like Thursday or Friday or something like that. It was like where Ty, I think Ty Lue forgot what team he was coaching for or something like that. I can't remember what it was. Like he didn't challenge a call until like his players could come up, and then he's just like, "Oh, right, no, yeah, yeah, challenge. We're gonna challenge. We're gonna challenge this one." Yes. It's just – and it, this series specifically, because Rick Carlisle really is one of the most underrated coaches in the league. And you look at, like, some of the rosters he has been given, especially in, like, the late era of mm-hmm. Dirk Nowitzki's career into the Luka uh, era, like, uh, exceedingly – exceeding expectations with, yeah. with his rosters. Like, and master class of coaching going on against a team with – what was supposed to be two superstars, I think it's more one superstar and another high-end all-star and Paul George because he just doesn't show up when it matters. Um, but, man, the, I, that, that series I think could go seven games and, like, if Luka pulls off, like, a seven-game upset against a team with that much talent on it, like, that's, that's another a, a legacy uh, builder for him. Like, and... Again, talking about the the young players in this league and how they're they're moving moving in on these the, the fun or older players like Luca 
It's no slouch either, man. Like, it was, yeah. and it was a really cool moment in that regards because, like, we've talked about, you know, some of the former players, some of the retired mm-hmm. Hall of Famers and how defensive and protective they get of their legacies, the yeah. Shacks and the Charles Barkleys. Mm-hmm. But, like, Dirk is so – Dirk Nowitzki is so supportive mm-hmm. of this. Uh, and, obviously, they were teammates for a season or two. But he's so supportive, and I love that image that came out oh, uh, the, a the couple crowd. days ago of – Dirk in the crowd, like, giving his props, and Luca giving him the props from the court right back. Like, that's an iconic image right there. Mm-hmm. And the passing of the torch already happened in yeah. Dallas, but it is, it's, it's just so cool to see stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's one of the reasons that you do fall, that, that we are talking about this, is because it's things like that that make you love the game so much more, mm-hmm. is when you do see that mutual respect from one legend to mm-hmm. a burgeoning legend. Yeah. Another underrated storyline in the West in a series is – the Trailblazers Nuggets, and it has nothing to do with Damian Lillard. Right. The big men, Nurkic yeah. and Jokic, they were teammates for Teammates two years. in Denver. Hot yeah. damn. Love yeah. it. Jokic was actually the reserve to Nurkic, who was uh-huh. the starter. They tried to play them together. Clear that their games just didn't complement each other. They did. Honestly, I, they obviously made the right choice. Shipped off Nurkic to a uh, not division rival, but conference rival. And now we're getting to see them go against each other. And Nurchic has gotten the best of Jokic in some situations. Uh, but also, a... he's gotten the worst of the situation because he's fouled out. And he hasn't been yeah. there in the long stretch for his team. Yeah. I have a, a friend of mine. who's He's from, from Colorado, and he's a huge Nuggets fan, Steve, mm-hmm. uh, my friend Steve. And he called this a few years ago when they traded Nurkic to the Blazers. And he's like, He's like, they're both going to be better off. He's like, you just wait. This, this Jokic guy is going to take off. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, all right, Steve, because he's a Broncos fan. It was too, a huge gamble at the time, and, and it did but get criticized. Wow. It was, has that Nurkic that was taken further off? along in his development than Jokic at that point. So it was like, you're shipping off the player that's the better player right now. And then, obviously, Nurkic has had the injuries yeah. mm-hmm. the last couple of years. So you haven't re- – people – Jokic should be the MVP. But Jokic remember, MVP, like, yeah. how good Nurkic was when he mm-hmm. first got to – Portland, and he was winning them some games, and they went down with the injury like right before the playoffs a couple oh, years ago. And they had uh, uh, Cantor came in and actually played really well against yeah. Jokic. He got injured uh, last year, and he was supposed yeah. to miss the playoffs, but he ended up coming back because he got yep. injured, and it was COVID. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that one, that's another one that I think it's it's going to be fun to watch. And you think about the, the good scores that these guys have around them; they're both good passing bigs, and it's just kind of a a natural rivalry. Like they. Mm especially when uh, they have Jamal Murray, because then they have the point guard that can also shoot outside um, or just guard in general. He's kind of more of a combo. The battle of the bud between Oregon and Colorado. (laughs) I didn't want to bring in the (laughs) the marijuana aspect, but I was thinking it. Yeah, you're right. Uh, That's kind of like similar culture, like very mellow fan bases, like, they want they want the smoke. They're getting the smoke. smoke. All the smoke. And then even the aspect of uh, Carmelo did play for the Nuggets, Nuggets and yeah. now he's on the other side at the end of his career playing for the Blazers. We're just blazing it up all the time. Mm. And Man. the Nuggets Hashtag just have their just nugs. Mello and blazing. Just... <laughs> they're, they're, they're blazing up their nugs. <laughs> <That's a tennis>. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Rip City. Rips. Ripping something. Oh, Hashtag choke smoke. Doesn't even play, but we just keep going with just, it. And they're in oh, Denver, just, all, just so high. Yeah. And we haven't even really mentioned the Hawks, the Hawks-Knicks series. After game one, uh, Knicks fans were saying, we want, the, we 
want uh, Brooklyn, and then they've lost three in a row since. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Julius Randle has not looked like Julius Randle. And Trey uh, Young has been playing some ball. Uh, yeah. Trey Young's he's he's in that like he's the beginning of the like Steph Curry uh-huh. players. Like uh-huh. you're gonna see a lot more of them as the league keeps going, but like guys who just have the confidence to shoot anywhere on the court. Well, we like, saw it at OU. But yeah. now he's refined. Yeah. Like, he's, he's yeah, polished. Yeah, he had those inefficient games. It seems just like, all right, well, we're going to double or triple team yeah. you, and your teammates suck, so what does it matter? We're going to beat you. Yeah. With the hairstyle and, of a dumb dumb you've dropped <laughs> in your carpet. That's, that is what he looks like. I actually think, like, Buddy Heald was supposed to be the first of those guys. Like, yeah. he was kind of a guy who did the same thing, didn't bring anything defensively. But, like, Trey – Trey was some good, like, good teammates around him. Like, once they figure out that roster in general, because I think they kind of had a weird offseason as far as building their roster. They brought mm-hmm. in too many guys that kind of do the same thing, and they're going to have to, like, move on from some of them and really focus on building that defense up to get to that next level. Yeah. Cause, Which, I mean, they, they got a good start with that with their draft pick last year. Or, uh, their Collins? Draft pick last winter. The kid out of USC. No. Uh, oh, uh, and, Onyeka Kungwu. Yeah, Kungwu. Kungwu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Collins is actually a guy that they're probably going to have to move on, on from, from yeah. because yeah. they got a Kungwu. Yeah. And it, like, but a Kungwu not will that be they much do, better defensively. Right. Yeah. John Collins is a fantastic offense player, and they were trying to move him at the deadline. They just didn't get any offers yeah. they liked. And, and I would he's been good at playoffs. Or, mm-hmm. He had a couple of bad games, but he also had one really good game. So. I, I like John Collins a lot, but, yeah, he's not, he's not going to be a superstar. Yeah. And – Okungwu has potential to be a, a superstar center in this league. Yeah. I really, I really think that. Did you guys see the uh, technical file though that uh, Herder had? Um, so he was coming off a of, uh, ball screen from uh, Neurons Noel, and he got called for like a flagrant two, and he didn't. He it technically wasn't in the rule books because they haven't ever dealt, dealt with it before. And so what he did it was like when he was like going down and trying to take the shot, like Neurons was like trying to like like just kind of like roll off and all that stuff. And he grabbed Nerland's leg and just pulled it back, and so like they they stopped the game and like you could see the refs being like, "What do we do?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they had no clue. They, like, they can't like, do that. Like, but what do we call it? Yeah, as? like because like, okay. like they're trying to they're like they're like well we can assess like intent yeah. and that's obviously intent. But like but normally it's like follow through with like an elbow or like something yeah. along those lines. And so they try to figure it out. And so they gave him like they're like, "All right, cool, it's a flagrant." And he's like, what do you mean that's a flagrant? I didn't know that that was a foul. And you, literally, <laughs> you literally just see the ref walk up to him. And he's like. No, and then he does his like motion of like pulling his leg. You can't say any. You can't see yeah. anything he's saying, but he's just like, stop, a, and just goes <laughs> like you pulled his leg. But yeah, it was so weird. I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see how this Hawks team reacts to having to play Brooklyn in the next round. Right. Like, obviously, looking ahead, both teams are up three, mm-hmm. three one. So you assume they're gonna move on. Obviously, stranger things have don't happened. Don't tell that to Golden State. Don't don't tell it to. A lot of like the three-one comeback is not as rare as it used to be. Don't tell it to the um, Montreal Canadiens. It, shoot, it happened last year. That came back on uh, the Clippers. Yep. Um, but these are kind of series where you're like, I, I don't see, I don't see the Knicks or Boston winning three in a row. Right. Yeah. Like both teams have like one superstar uh, or one star. Like I still wouldn't put Julius Randle as a superstar. He needs to do it. For a couple more years, yeah, he's not a consistently. He's a he's an all star, but not a superstar. But that's what the Knicks those, are that, a true superstar. That's huge for Trey Young's career too. Like that, mm-hmm. if he plays extremely well, uh, 
in that in that series like that that's huge going forward like mm. that's they they have a lot to invest in him already but man like they'll I, really want to invest him if he can make it a series against yeah. the Brooklyn team I also do want to do give a quick shout out to uh Derek Rose uh yeah. in New York Played obviously with the Knicks game, man. man like um he's yeah he's come off the bench hard he's been doing fantastic work and like w- like Julius Randle has actually been a f- kind of more or less effectively shut down Yes. In this series. Yeah. And Derrick Rose has been playing his fucking ass off. And I, mm-hmm. like, I love the game that I've been watching from him. Yeah. No matter what you think of him personally, Derrick Rose's career arc is, is inspiring from a standpoint of like the injuries he dealt with early into a very promising career. Won an MVP, youngest MVP ever mm-hmm. uh, in league history. And then had the yeah. injuries uh, that derailed his career in, uh, <clears throat> in Chicago Kind of had a little bit of a resurgence in Minnesota. Uh, has bounced around a little bit, but I think like the him and Thibodeau belong together. Like it, it, being able to revive his career, and yeah, he's he's a reserve still there, but yeah. he can come off the bench and score thirty for him on any given night. He's and been doing that. And he has been. Yeah, we're seeing, or, yeah, we're seeing it's it's his second act of his career, and it's yeah, yeah it's definitely inspiring. Yeah, or or even just like the when he came off the bench a couple of nights ago, he probably only, he only had like twenty two points, but he had like 22, so tw- 10, and he had, he, had, he had like twenty two eleven and something. I can't remember. He had like a triple or a double double off the bench. I was like, holy crap! Did you see the the uh, clip of Julius Randle checking out of the game the other day when it was like kind of out of hand? Derrick Rose is clear. Like everybody else, like clapping for Julius Randle, and Derrick Rose just kind of in a daze on the bench, like pissed off that they're losing so bad, mm-hmm. and. Kind of gave Julius Randle a right. glare, like, where the what? hell are you, man? Like, I need you, and you're yeah. you're just not performing. Yeah, so basically there was a, an, uh, an off-the-ball screen or whatever, and he, like, threw his, like, forearm and just, like, shoved the player, mm-hmm. and everyone just started, like, cheering, being like, yeah. yeah, that's a way to get in their head. That's a way to, like, show – and then he's like – and he, when he walked over the bench, Derek Rose was like, you're an idiot. Like, what is wrong with you? Play the game. Those two have a – like, it's – that's very interesting relationship between those two. Those two are both Calipari guys. I mean, ah, uh, yeah. When you think about that, Didn't like that's something it. where maybe a bond that goes even deeper, and that could yeah. be where Rose is like, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and give you props, man. Like, yeah, I'm I not need gonna clap you. for you. Come, yeah. Um, with that, just to wrap up NBA, so I feel like we, yeah, we cover every single every series in some way. Um, yeah. Uh, from what you've seen so far with the, the first round series wrapping up, and I kind of know where where you would go, but. Uh, what team do you think has shown championship moxie so far that they can do, that they're on another level? Who do you think I would say? I, mean, I think it's the Nets for you. Yeah. I was saying, if you don't say Brooklyn, I think you're kind of an idiot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I am kind of an idiot. <laughs> I mean, oh, we're all yeah. kind of idiots. He said it. He said it. That uh, first-round swagger where you come, into the, you come into the playoffs and you're like, I'm winning this thing, that's the team that did it. Right, this round, there's always teams that do kind of like stand up where they're like, they're like, oh no, they're they're like they scrap that first round and do all and maybe get through that second round and and then start like kind of going and getting traction. But in the same fact, I don't see that coming from any other teams. Maybe Utah, I'm, but I'm, maybe the Bucks. Maybe Bucks. The yeah. Bucks are the or honestly would be my second team. They're the been the second most impressive team mm-hmm. in the first round. Mm-hmm. Like coming in the toughest situation. I mean, they they have to play the team that eliminated them last year in an upset. Like they got upset last year as team that was projected to win 70 games before the league stopped. Uh, and even before yesterday, we said Philly. in the second round. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely go Nets-Bucks, um, which Oof. is crazy Oof. considering how competitive the West, the West is. But that's probably why 
in my opinion, like no one has shown that championship moxie yet. Because I don't believe in the Jazz yet. Like, yeah, they're 3-1, but I don't believe the in Jazz. The Jazz They haven't showed the uh, being down by a lot and, and being like, this is our game and coming back and yeah. taking over. Yeah. I, Although I will admit, I think we are seeing another emergence of a true star, and that's Donovan Mitchell. Oh, yeah. I think we saw that last year. I think we did bit, too, but I think like, this is just further back. Yeah. That, that series last year where he – I mean, they're, on some of the podcasts I would listen to, they compared him to the Magic with like Howard and um, I, and uh, yeah, yeah, and, and like they they compared them to that team, but they're like they're like in in that comparison, they're like you might you'll you'll definitely take Dwight Howard over Rudy Gobert anytime. Oh, they're like sure. you would not take another player over Don, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is that one. Oh, player. like I don't on the Magic. No, yeah. there's no other player on that team. That I don't agree with uh, things that Stephen A. Smith says very often, but I saw him make a comparison that he that. Uh, Actually, it wasn't even a comparison. He said that Donovan Mitchell was Dwayne Wade 2.0. I was like, man, that's... He said that comparison coming out of college. And yeah. He lived like, up to it. Um, that's impressive. That. That's, yeah. that's impressive. Um, you want to touch a little bit on... Oh, yeah, absolutely. A little I mean, bit more time for NHL. Yeah, we, have, uh, we definitely have some cool hockey stuff that's been going on. Cool? Uh, cool. Is it cool? Cool, cool, cool. cool and fun. Uh, we're starting the second round. Uh, teams that made it through the second round. Um, Knights, Avs, Canadians, Jets... Who? Uh, the Canadians? The Canadians. The Canadians. Ha, damn. And I'll go back to exactly how they made this, but then like the Canes Sorry, versus Lightning, like Bruins it. versus the Islanders. Right? Second round is cemented. Uh, we had a really cool part that we talked about on the show last week about how like there's been so many overtime hockey games. And it's been insane. Um, there was another one uh, just last night. But in the same fact, like watching that, and there was one of the games that between specifically the Oilers and the Jets in the first round – that went to three overtimes. Now, in overtime hockey in the playoffs, they go full period. So it is 20-minute period. So they basically played two full games to get to the winner of one outcome. Um, Oilers were one of the odds-on favorites to win the Cup because they have the two most talented players in the hockey league. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid, or they have also uh, Drysaddle, and they have... Hey, you got it right this time. Yeah, right? <laughs> not Drysdale, Drysaddle. Not, not Drysdale. Yeah. But uh, so basically, they have very, very talented players, and Connor McDavid is probably the best player in the National Hockey League. Is the best player in the National Hockey League. He won right an now. MVP at what twenty? Twenty, yeah, dude's That's insane. Um, and they were ousted by the Oilers really quickly, basically in a sweep. And it's just kind of one of those things of what they're going to do for the future. Um, but we'll, I mean, we'll see when it comes down to that. But all the other series is kind of finished up. Um, there was a couple of games. There was a lot of game sevens or three game sevens, which was pretty nice. So we had the Preds and the Hurricanes. Um, or wait, actually no, the Canes did. Yeah, I think the Canes got it in seven. Yeah, sorry, the Canes won, but uh, the Preds and the Hurricane. I think it went seven. Sorry, if not, Joe. If not, it was like four to two. Um, but Joe it, Hunk's it, a big Predators yeah, fan. Yeah, it went. Uh, it went. Uh, it went pretty late. Uh, so this was weird because the Preds were one of those teams like midseason. They were so cold and they were at the bottom of the NHL. But they happened to like scrap back. They won like eighteen straight, and then made the playoffs. Are you are you intentionally making the hockey puns right now? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just you're doing it very well. I'm very yeah. impressed with you right now. Um, but yeah, so every time they take the ice, it's kind of one of those weird things. Uh, but but uh, so basically, when it came down to the Predators, they they won a ton of games in a row. But then after that, it was like, how long can they can they sustain this? And at the end of it all, they are a team that honestly needs a rebuild, so making the playoffs would probably hindered them. And they came up and showed a couple good games um, and played very well against the Hurricanes, which the Hurricanes were, you know, one of the odds-on favorites from the opposite um, division to win. 
uh, it went all, but they they gave them a hard-fought series. They took it to six or seven games and couldn't pull it out at the end. Uh, the Leafs, uh, the Leafs and the Canadians went to Game Seven. Uh, two Canadian-born teams just boom, man. It was a fight. It was a struggle, yep. and the Leafs went up three-one, and the Canadians came back and ended up winning the series. And it is fantastic because a fuck the Maple Leafs. Uh huh. Um. But also, B, the Canadians would not be put down. And I was so happy watching that. Uh, the other one was the Knights in the Wild. Uh, I thought Knights would da- basically completely take this series. Um, and, and playing the Wild, it was really hard because the Wild did match up well against him. And the Wild forced a game seven, which kind of plays into one of those narratives that I said where I, I do think Colorado can win it this year entirely. Um, they are up 1 0 against the Knights now. I thought it was, I thought the. Stanley Cup is going to be decided between the Avalanche and the Knights, uh, depending on how this next series goes. But, I mean, those are two hard-fought teams. The Avalanche swept the, uh, swept the uh, Blues. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get the, get the brooms out. St. Louis sucks. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Avs and Knights right now is going to be a – this is the series to watch if you're watching hockey. And I think one of those two teams is going to hoist the cup at the end of it all. And I think that the fact that the Knights went to Game 7 against the Wild and the Abs swept the Blues, they're well-rested, they're ready to go, and they're healthy. And if the Abs are healthy, look for them to take the series. I've heard that a lot from, from people that I trust with hockey knowledge. That they're, as long as they're hot, good luck stopping them. Yeah. Um, I just I love so much that, that Montreal came back on Toronto, too. Like I, <laughs> I know you were just talking about it and, you know, fuck Toronto and – and I completely agree with that. And it is funny that it is the two Canadian teams of the, uh, the NHL's original six. And Montreal just beat up on mm. Toronto for years. Mm-hmm. And so Toronto has just been just, just fighting and clawing and trying to get, get up there and be, uh, like, among the NHL's elite. I mean, they've watched the Bruins, you know, all the other original six teams. they watched the Bruins. They've watched the Red Wings have their time. They've watched the Blackhawks recently have their time. They took the old Red Wings coach to try to have their time. They took Babcock to try to have their own Red Wings. Yeah, and now like they're they're such they're a good team. And ah shit, you fell you fell short (laughs) once again. And to of all teams, it was to the Montreal Canadiens. I just love the poetry in sports. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially with these uh, series coming up, uh, Knights and Abs. Abs are up one nothing now. Uh, Canadian Jets, Canes, and Tampa Bay Lightning. that one's going to be a really, really fun series. Uh, Bruins and Islanders is evened up at 1-1. Um, really excited to kind of see how these series go down. Um, I'm less sure of one of the divisions. Uh, I just feel that the, I feel like the Canadians and the Jets could give a hard-fought battle to the Abs and the Knights. I just feel like those two teams are the hot teams, and so those are the teams that are going to make waves. But on the opposite side, I mean – Canes, Tampa Bay Lightning are going to beat the beat the shit out of each other. That's what they do. That's the hockey they play. So there is a possibility that they lose to the Bruins in the next round if the Bruins make it through the Islanders or lose to the Islanders or however that happens because the Canes, Tampa Bay Lightning series is going to be brutal from start to finish. And you're looking at one of the Vin, uh, the Vin, uh, the Vinzina. Vinzina? Yeah, the Vinzina. Um, the trophy um, – basically it's between the Knights goalie, the Avs goalie, and the Lightning goalie. So usually those teams make a deep run in the playoffs. Obviously, one of them has to get eliminated this round, possibly two. But there's usually the Knights goalie, the Avs goalie, and the Lightning goalie. Yeah, Flurry, Grubauer, Grubauer, and Vizileski. 
Yeah, Vasilevsky. Yeah. Vasilevsky. <clears throat> so those are your three finalists for the Vinzina. Didn't Vasilevsky win it last year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so like you have really good goaltending in this, but in playoff hockey, it is about offense, but it's also about who do you have in goal. At the end of the day, a lot of times you're like you're you have a great defense that super that supersedes your goalie because they don't give the chances, or you have a goaltender that can stand on its head. And so, especially with, with the Golden Knights, I mean, you got to <clears throat> think about what happened the other night with them when they had Robin Leonard in the game, and he got blitzed. Blitzed, yeah. <clears throat> what, four goals yeah. in a period that he gave up or something like that? Right. Yeah. You have to have one of the strongest defensive plans. Because, like, I mean, the goalies that Red Wings rolled out, obviously, in, like, the 90s and 2000s, sometimes weren't the best goalies on the face of this planet. But they had a f- brilliant defense to make well, sure that the goalies. Until you got, like, yeah. one of the greatest goalies to ever play the game. Well, Hasek. But that was, yeah. But, um, I mean, you had Osgood and stuff of like that, and Osgood's probably going to be a Hall of Famer at some point, you know. But in the same fact, you have all these players. But basically what it was in Detroit that cemented their wins was the fact that they had a defense that blocked shots that didn't let the puck get on net. And so you, have, you either have to have that defense or you're not going to make it. And some of these teams don't have that defense. Yeah. The only one that I, would, that I would consider to make it against them would be Tuca because we've seen Tuca Rask stand on his head and make it a series, and Pasta has been playing outside of his mind. Pasternak has been phenomenal. Yeah, Playoff hat trick. Had the hat trick uh, yeah. a couple nights ago. Day after, day after Tatum's 50-point game, Boston's – Yeah. <clears throat> Boston had a great couple days of playoff uh, sports in general. Um, jerks. <laughs> but the mass holes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm jealous because the rule in Michigan is only one sports team can win at a time, and that's collegiate and professional. All sports teams can't win ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I um, Nothing as far as football this week. Uh, I, mean, I mean, we talked last week. Yeah, last week we talked baseball. just the, the Aaron Rodgers and the Julio Jones situation. Yeah, nothing, nothing really nothing happened with those. Happened. So. It is June 1st now, so maybe we'll see. Yeah. More movement with the Julio Jones situation. I mean, again, that's yeah. that's very much it's a sh- it's it's a shitty situation because it came to fruition because of the pandemic. Like, sure, that's literally he doesn't want to leave Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't want to trade him, but that's literally the only logical move for them yeah. to make. This is like that weird time where cutting cap is such a big thing, and they're yeah. trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. I mean, and when they, yeah, when they signed him to that extension, what three four years ago, they didn't know that a pandemic was going to happen. No, yeah. they were going to lose revenue. So. Right. Um, yeah, we'll we'll update those if, they, if anything happens. Go to? Yeah. Is it the Titans? Yeah. Is it the Packers? Titans, Patriots, you know. Is it the <laughs> Chargers? 49ers? Uh, the latest ones that they've been talking about is the Seahawks. Seahawks yeah. have had many discussions. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. Uh, but God, him and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I still lean Titans, personally. Well, I mean, if, if Russ, Russ still doesn't have an offensive line. So. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, we'll update all those situations, and uh, next week we will have updates on the playoff series, how they go. Hopefully Woo-hoo. we have more more series in the second round. I think given how many days there are, they're, they're ev- honestly, everyone should be in the second round by next week. Yeah. Um, but Will we be yeah. in the second round? Yeah. What? Us. Just Will we be in the second round? Yes, we will. We always go through. We always win. <laughs> we always pull through. The draft game proved that we win. Oh! With that, I think that's a good point to end it. Because we's the champs. We's the champs. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. See Hands are up. up. And they stay there. And they're staying there. You can't see it, but they're there. <laughs> <laughs>